0: Do it again. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need From to the Anna Jar and Levine yeah, studios yeah. in downtown
1: do West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBicca Live on ESPN 1063. The NFL divisional round this weekend. Stone is jacked. He has proclaimed it the best NFL week of the year. Though, there's no way that's true. Like the matchups are awesome, but week one of the NFL season is absolutely the best football weekend of the year. It's without question. Everybody has hope. Well, most teams. Very uh, meatballish of you. Have hope. I know it's very meatballish of me, but think about it. It's like the the anticipation, the anticipation, the anticipation, the buildup, and then you're able to explode into your football life. With week one of the NFL season.
2: I think people who are fans of week one are the same players who wore neck rolls back in the day.
1: (laughs) Uh, I also vote to bring neck rolls back.
2: Neck rolls rule. I mean, it's been substituted with the helmet condom that
1: you wear in practice nowadays. See, I hate that. I hate that. Give me the neck roll. Yeah, It just looks better. I agree. You know what? Another thing, too, is back in the 80s, especially linebackers, even in the 90s, linebackers, fullbacks. I mean, the size of the pads made those dudes look so much bigger than they actually were. Like, I remember seeing Zach Thomas in person for the first time near the end of his career and thinking, wait, this does not look like the same guy who's like seven feet wide. Because Zach Thomas would wear those big-ass pads. I miss that. That needs to come back. Why can't, why can't NFL players wear gigantic pads still?
2: Because guys like Kyle Utschek, right, everyone's favorite fullback, catches the ball out of the backfield quite frequently. He can't be rocking around in some Michael Strahan pads that he can't even move his arms. He's got to catch the ball.
1: Football was better with neck rolls and huge pads. I'll say it. Football was way better when I was growing up with huge pads and neck rolls. Bring it back. Make football great again. Ken LaVica live on a Thursday here on ESPN 1063. Stone LeBanovitz, Friday Night Lights. Christian Kathy, Audible Assassin. They are in the Anna the Levine Accident Attorney Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. Me, Ken LaVica, I am sitting on a couch at a double tree on the outskirts of San Antonio, Texas, uh, in advance of number 24 FAU playing UTSA tonight, college basketball. Uh, and we're just a couple of weeks away from spring training starting. The ballpark of the Palm Beaches is where you want to see spring training. It's where the world champion Houston Astros call home. It's where the Washington Nationals call home, and it is right in our backyard in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. The seating, not a bad seat in the house. You've got the concourse that has full view of the field, the outstanding food options, the drink. There is nothing better, I'm going to say it, there is nothing better than playing hooky from work on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday, heading over for a 1 o'clock, 105 first pitch at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, having a beer, having a couple of dogs, and sitting there and watching Grapefruit League Baseball. There is literally nothing better than that. With the warm sun, hitting your forehead, able to get out and just kick your feet up and watch some ball, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, that can be yours. Get your spring training tickets now, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. That's ballparkpalmbeaches.com. That. Is the ballpark of the Palm Beaches? What a lovely venue to watch spring training baseball. Tony is in West Palm. What's up, Tony?
0: What's going on, yeah? What's going on? So, let me ask you: Is I mean, the in the Bengals Bills game
1: considered the underdog right now? It's just the Bengals, right? Yeah, the Bengals are the underdog. What is it? Five and a half points, Stone? Yes, five and a half. All right, I'm going. I'm gonna go Bengals being the underdog that
0: comes up and takes the win this this uh, weekend. Conventional wisdom would tell them. you
1: that that would be the one, right? Like, I, there's all this love on the Cowboys, and they have the three and a half point uh, deficit there, the 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 odds. But for me, like the Bengals are the the whole damn AFC, the defending AFC champions with Joe Burrow with all those weapons, and yeah, they struggled last week against a divisional opponent, but. I'm telling you, like they—they they look primed. They—they they, and the Bills, Tony, you would agree, the Bills don't yeah. look like this super this super team that we thought they were going to be.
0: Nah, no, they don't. But not only that, I mean, the the Bengals got these monster wide receivers. Everybody's like six yep. foot and above. So mm-hmm. I mean, that plus they pissed off Joe Mixon because I heard he saw something about uh, the NFL selling tickets for the Bills Chiefs championship or something. He put something into his brain that got him going wild right now. So I believe the Bengals are going to pull it off. I do need the 49ers to win because Brock Purdy's uh, prices are currently through the roof, and I'm doing this uh, this this option for uh, for a charity. But outside of that, let me ask you, you said that you cried for E.T.?
1: Yeah, every time he turned gray and started to die, yes. I would cry every single time without fail.
0: Damn, you cried for a plant, bro. You know that? Like, 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 you know, he was not even like, he's a plant, like, like, I think it was Spielberg came out and said he was a, a plant, dude. Yeah, like, I know you cried for a flower.
1: I know, I know, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm I not proud of it in retrospect, and it really shaped my childhood, but also taught my parents at an early age that I was super soft. So that was a good thing. Nah, nah. Hey, you're good,
0: though, man, because, I mean, I was crying when Sonny Corleone got blasted at the floor, dude, <laughs> when they got him at the tofu.
1: So, I mean, you know what I mean?
0: It's all, it, I, I, you know, you're good. You're on the uh-huh. radio, so you're good, my brother. They, uh-huh. they raised a good dude. Anyway, peace, y'all. One love.
1: Appreciate you, Tony. Yes, the Sonny Corleone uh, death scene and ET turning gray and dying—two, two fairly different movie scenes in the pantheon of uh, of the silver screen. Just, just mildly, mildly different. Uh, real quick here. Uh, Christian, are we okay with, at the end of this segment, giving away our uh, our Palm Beach autographs?
2: I've spent two uh, days there. I'm so excited for someone to get some free tickets.
1: We are absolutely right. ready. Perfect. All right, we'll do that in, uh, in a little bit here. So uh, everybody uh, chill with us for a while. I need to, to update everybody. On what's going on at Florida, and there's a very good chance that because we're not technically in college football season any longer, that this has slid by your sports radar with the NFL, and you, you you adjusting, getting back into to the NBA now. Some of you delving back into the NBA for the first time uh, this season. Um, this seems pretty cataclysmic, Stone. Am I am I exaggerating when I say that what's happening right now at Florida? might be sort of changing the scope of college athletics.
2: No, you're not far off at all. This is a four-star quarterback here. Um, Every offer you could imagine he had, this one's definitely going to have
1: ripple effects. Um, Jaden Rashada, super outstanding, what, four-star, five-star quarterback out of California? Four-star. Four-star quarterback out of California. He was originally committed to Miami, right? That's right. Okay, he was committed to Miami, and then in the fall – Flipped his commitment to Florida. And it is the highest rated quarterback recruit that Florida has had in a decade. And so this is significant for Billy Napier. However, I read to you from ESPN. Florida quarterback recruit Jaden Rashada requested a release from his national letter of intent Tuesday night after a $13 million name, image, and likeness deal fell through, according to multiple reports. Rashada's future had been in doubt since he failed to enroll at Florida last week, sending signals that something was amiss. He flipped his commitment from Miami to Florida in mid-November, formally signed with the Gators December 21st. His arrival in Gainesville was contingent on a four-year $13 million NIL deal he signed with the Gator Collective, a person familiar with the situation told the Associated Press. The Gator Collective is an independent fundraising arm that disperses money to student-athletes in all sports. The financial backing fell through, however. The Gator Collective terminated the binding agreement and left Florida coach Billy Napier to scramble to try to get Rashada on campus. So, this Gator Collective pulled the $13 million deal from Jaden Rashada, and last night, Billy Napier terminated the national letter of intent for Jaden Rashada and released him, right, Stone? That is correct. So, Jaden Rashada now is no longer going to Florida, and the draw, and I'm going to repeat this again so it sinks in, the draw, what clinched Rashada coming to, to Florida was a four-year, $13 million deal. A four-year, $13 million NIL deal. I'm going to put this as simply as I possibly can. I love players getting paid in college. They deserve it. They earn it. They contribute, especially at the football level to the overall revenue of the school, some more than others, obviously, and it depends on the program some more than others as well. But these players who put their physical and mental well-being on the line earn profit for the school, earn money for the school. They should absolutely be getting paid. But also, how are we at four years, $13 million? I want the players to get theirs and get their bag. That said, this isn't sustainable, and it honestly doesn't seem appropriate. And it also seems sketchy to me as well. Jaden Rashada should have never been offered four years, $13 million for anything at 17, 18 years old, okay? Okay. But I'm not going to be one of these old stuffy, uh oh, the kid should accept their scholarship and be happy. No, 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 no. Because that becomes disproportionate to what they're actually bringing to the school, especially if he lives up to expectation, especially at a school like Florida, especially in the SEC. So the, the benefit shouldn't stop at just the scully, okay? But four years, $13 million for a 17-, 18-year-old kid, that's where I start to have a problem because that's out of control. That's reckless. That sets an extremely, extremely dangerous precedent in terms of, of who gets involved with these kids, who's benefiting off of these kids, where that money's going to go, but also competitive balance. I don't like that. And something needs to change. That's not good. The Gator Collective, what are they doing offering a young man four years, $13 million. For all of the crap that John Ruiz gets at Miami, and, oh, he's he's suspicious, and he's sketchy, and he's Miami's bag man. All of those things, I don't see him offering something that egregious and then pulling it. What are you doing offering $13 million in the first place if you're this Gator collective? That it, is that's insane. That's insane, and you know what it is? It's also completely incompetent. It's completely incompetent, and then to pull it, how sketchy is that too? I mean, this Gator Collective is dirty,
2: dirty, dirty. It's not sustainable at all, right? And I, I think the one thing that we're all missing here is the the clauses, the fine print in a lot of these NIL deals. I I, I would think. With a four-year, thirteen million-dollar deal for a kid who just finished his English three or English four class, has incentives in it. Like he needs to win the starting job. You need to win two or three games. You need to win a certain amount of this. You need to. But throw- still,
1: uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't add up to thirteen million dollars.
2: No, absolutely not. And I think Florida is so desperate to get back to the forefront of college football that they'll do anything. That's to-
1: what it is. It's desperate. It's desperate, and incompetent.
2: Yeah, the, the, people, need to work how, people need to learn how collectives work. I think it's super interesting. So for my case at Southern Illinois, they had just started an NIL collective last year, and it's basically boosters, former players. Anybody can really be a part of a collective, and it's just now a lump sum of money that gets distributed to the players. So I found this out last season when I went to Southern Illinois to call a few games for ESPN+. Plus, I, I asked, how are you paying some of these players? Mm-hmm. So the collective is... The athletic director has hands on it. The head coach has hands on it. Every position coach has hands on it.
1: But it's a third party, yeah. who controls this money.
2: Right. It is all of the boosters. It is all of qualified alum that have been approved, right, by the athletic director and all that. So you can just pitch in a, any amount of money you want to to the collective, and then come game day, the players perform, and then that next day or that next week, the coaches then choose who to pay the money to. It sounds crazy, right? So if you're a right guard and you grade out really well. 94 percent and you have a lot of key blocks and you're getting you, rewarded with cash you're getting rewarded with so cash. That,
1: that, but not every collective works that way but that's how southern illinois chooses to handle its collective
2: yeah the, yeah exactly that, that's I, i'd say the higher percentage of collectives that's how it's going to work so an offensive lineman plays well he wakes up that sunday and you have 375 dollars sitting in your venmo cash app zell however that's literally how it's working in college football right now so if you're not too you know, up to beat on collectives, right? It's just a bunch of guys throwing money in a pool and then yeah. distributing it to the players. But at the end of the day, $13 million is ridiculous. I don't even know how you go out and perform if I'm a freshman, right? And I do get the nod or the senior gets hurt and I have to step into the lineup and I have $13 million riding on my shoulders. I mean, it's just unfathomable. I, I
1: can't tell you properly how unacceptable it is for this Gator collective to offer someone, no matter how good Jaden Rashada is. million. Here's what happens now. So Jaden Rashada forces his way out of his NIL at Florida, right? And you know where the vitriol is going to go towards him, towards that kid, right? Who had that deal brokered. He accepted the terms of it, whatever it was, four years, $13 million. But then the Gator Collective, according to multiple reports, is the one that withdrew it. So then Jaden Rashada and his parents are saying, what the hell? We had a deal. We had this set in stone. And then Billy Napier would call and say, hey, you signed your NIL. Come on. Or you signed your your LOI. Come on. Come to Florida. Come to Florida. You signed with us. Come on. Honor your commitment. And Jaden Rashada is saying, well, no, because you guys didn't honor your initial commitment. And so Jaden Rashada says, you know what? I'm looking elsewhere. And the the person who is going to get the most flack out of all of this, the most bad press out of all of this, is gonna be the young kid. The kid. The kid. Because it's gonna be, oh, that kid's selfish. I can't believe it. He didn't get his thirteen million dollars, so he's gonna pout and he's gonna force his way out, and he's gonna turn his back on Florida. What a punk. What a young little punk, Stone! You know how that's gonna go. You know that that's gonna be the case.
2: Yeah, and this was proposed on social media that I saw that I loved, and it plays right to what you just said. But if you agree to sell your home for thirteen million dollars and the buyer doesn't deliver the cash, are you entitled to to go through with the deal and right. like, continue selling your house? Like, no, it's it's plain and simple. It's, it's business, but because there's a child involved, things do get foggy. But right, if you do sell your house for thirteen mil. And he doesn't deliver the cash. Well, obviously you're not selling your house. And, and, and in this case, obviously you're not going to the University of Florida. But all of it's going to fall on this kid. And guess where he has a visit lined up as of 24 hours ago? Let me guess. The fighting in Ruiz's down in Coral Gables. That's incorrect. Try again.
1: Uh, Alabama? Alabama?
2: Deion Sanders oh Colorado. Colorado. He said to visit them, I believe, sometime this week. That was as of a day ago. So yeah, we can see see where this one is headed. Who wants to get involved in this mess? Who wants the cameras around? That would be Mr. Deion Sanders.
1: And then also, this makes Billy Napier look really bad, whether it be direct or indirect. Like, Billy Napier <laughs> just lost his star prized recruit. And Florida football needs some sort of good pub. Because Florida football, last time we saw them, they were getting embarrassed for quitting or not even showing up in their bowl game.
2: 30-3 yeah, to, to the Oregon State Beavers.
1: I mean, it, it, it's, it's unconscionable. And Billy Napier, I would say, with this falling apart and some of the things that look like are going on in that program, and now from a recruiting standpoint, how bad does this failed deal from the Gator Collective look and how more difficult does it make his job become? Compared to the rest of the SEC, like Billy Napier has either directly or indirectly been screwed over by this Gator Collective, and this is not going to bode well for him. Billy Napier, I think, is right now in some rough waters, again, directly or indirectly, because of how badly this thing went. This is not going to reflect well on the face of that program.
2: I think if I'm a recruiting coordinator at UF, the next play is to start telling recruits that you have an extra $13 million lying around to divvy out. To different players who play different positions. Like, the collective needs to stand strong here and continue to pay the players that they are on the fence with that are possibly going to commit to the well, Gators. This so-
1: collective better figure out how to do its damn job. Because that's bad. What are they doing in the first place offering $13 million? What are they doing in the first place offering a four-year $13 million NIL deal? What are you doing? We already called
2: it out. It's desperation. I'm under the belief that they are just a quarterback away from being a contender in the SEC. I truly do believe that. So you're throwing $13 million to finally snag a four-star kid. That's, I think, simply what's going on
1: here. Nah, I would argue that they're a quarterback away from maybe uh, fighting for their way into like the top five of the SEC. They don't even, with a great quarterback, become a favorite in their own division because of Georgia. Yeah, I was like, saying, sorry. Nor, nor should they. Georgia's sitting right there. So, But t- to me, when I see four years, $13 million in an NIL deal to someone who has been very pro-NIL, that to me right now is the most bothersome thing about college football, is that, that potential college football trying to these collectives trying to make this nfl free agency trying to make this a free agent market altering the transfer portal offering 13 million i stone that's eight figures offering eight figure deals make yours go get your bag kids absolutely do what's best for your family get yours where you can but when it starts hitting 13 million dollars we got to start doing something about this. We've got to start regulating this. And I know the NCAA is trying to get the government involved. Well, NCAA, if you would have given a single damn about this or heeded any warning when you lost the court case that opened the door for this, given any sort of effort towards trying to regulate this, you wouldn't be in this spot. The NCAA is as guilty as anybody because they are incompetent as well. I think really but $14 million stone, that <laughs> that right there is case in point what's... what's what's wrong most for me with college football is that we're going to see eight-figure NIL deals now, and it's unchecked. It's unregulated. And these sort of things happen where now the kid's going to get blamed when this third-party collective is the one who screwed up by offering it in the first place and then sketchily retracted the deal as well.
2: Yeah, and I just wanted to put into perspective for everybody out there, I know Brock Purdy ain't making that money. I know Daniel Jones ain't making that money. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. Uh, Jaden d- Rashada got offered a deal that would have been significantly more than what Brock Purdy has made in his NFL career to this point, <laughs> like I, way more. Did I be willing to say that? Uh, you know, I don't necessarily know.
2: I show sure with the number one pick, you do get. I don't know what the bonus is, whether it's five million, eight million, ten million, but Trevor Lawrence, right, a guy who we're deeming the, the golden boy. I mean, I, I don't know if he's got thirteen million dollars in the bank. I, I, I don't think so. So just that's wild for me. Like we're this is the divisional round, and we're talking about Daniel Jones going to get paid. Well, Jalen Rashada or Jaden Rashada. This is an 18-year-old child right now and he's in the in the in the the midst of
1: making the same amount of money it's wild. Trevor Lawrence will at the conclusion of his season push above 13 million dollars made for his career. <laughs> now, in, in terms of salary, he signed a 4-year 36.7 million dollar contract rookie deal with the Jaguars. It had a 24 million dollar signing bonus and 36 million of it is guaranteed. So, up front, he gets the $24 million, but his average annual salary is $9 million. Yep. Jaden Rashada, for a four-year college career, would have made more than the the single-year salary of the number one overall pick in the NFL draft and multiple, and, and, and sorry, uh, national champion quarterback.
2: And he hasn't even taken a snap yet.
1: And he hasn't taken a snap. Like, that's such a bad, bad omen for college football. These seven, high-end seven, and eight, eight-figure NIL offerings, that's the, the, the most concerning part. That's the biggest issue with college football right now, in my opinion. It is th- That's the worst thing about college football right now to me. What is the worst thing about college football right now to you? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. At us, at KLV1063. What is the worst thing about college football right now? I think this Jaden Rashada Florida situation exposed it in a big way. It's these collectives offering 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, $13 million to these kids. Florida butchered it so bad. I mean, the Gators butchered this so, so bad. What's the worst thing about college football right now? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweet at us, at KLV1063. Is Joypin affecting your quality of life? Full well, of Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their team's experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptishealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist health orthopedic care combines its resources of experienced physicians leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacements, spine and sports medicine care visit baptis slash ortho for more information today Baptist health orthopedic care has offices conveniently located in palm beach county through the florida keys learn more by visiting baptis slash ortho all right so now we're gonna do christian let's do seventh caller okay We're going to do the the seventh caller here. Uh, We have an outstanding opportunity from the fine folks at Palm Beach Autographs. They have an epic weekend set up here. So, Palm Beach Autographs, this weekend, they are bringing the stars out. The mall at Wellington Green. Pete Rose is coming for an appearance tomorrow. Mike Tyson, Ric Flair. Mike Tyson on Saturday, Ric Flair on Sunday. This is awesome. You have a chance now as the seventh caller. We're giving you a chance to win one autograph ticket, which includes a signed picture with the star of your choice. Whether it be Friday at 6, Pete Rose, Saturday at 1, Mike Tyson, Sunday at noon, Ric Flair, all courtesy of Palm Beach Autographs. Go to palmbeachautographs.com slash signings for more information. Seventh caller right now gets one autograph ticket, and that includes a signed picture with the star of your choice for the Friday event, 6 o'clock with Pete Rose, the Saturday 1 o'clock event with Mike Tyson, or the Sunday noon event with Ric Flair. You pick one if you're the seventh caller right now. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The stars out this weekend. Palm Beach Autographs, Mall at Wellington Green, Pete Rose, Mike Tyson, Rick Flair, they're in town taking pictures and signing autographs, giving you the chance right now to win one autograph ticket. That includes a signed picture with the star of your choice, Friday at 6, Pete Rose, Saturday at 1, Mike Tyson, Sunday at noon, Rick Flair. Those are your options. You pick one if you're the seventh caller right now. 888 888- 760 3776, And a reminder go to slash signings for more information. He's Stone in the band, it's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 1063. and gentlemen,
0: let From the Anajar and Levine studios in
1: downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Congratulations to Marcello in West Palm. He is going to one of the three Palm Beach Autographs events Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Mall at Wellington Green. You've got Pete Rose tomorrow night at 6, 1 o'clock on Saturday. It's Mike Tyson. And then noon on Sunday, Rick Flair, the nature boy. So... If you weren't the winner, if you weren't Marcello, and by the way, congratulations one more time. But if you want to go out, palmbeachautographs.com slash signings, palmbeachautographs.com slash signings. These are going to go quick, so you got to sign up for them. Get on it now, palmbeachautographs.com slash signings. What is the worst thing about college football right now? For me, it's NILs, like the Gator Collective, offering eight-figure NIL deals to players like Jaden Rashada. Four years, $13 million, and then it fell through. Shocking. How, how does that happen? How, how does that? I, I can't believe that the Gator Collective got cold feet there. Four years, $13 million. That was an actual offer to get Jaden Rashada to commit to Florida. That's, that's not right. We need to, at some point, put a cap on this. Like, there's a salary cap in the NFL. Like, there's a salary cap in the NBA. Like, there's a salary cap across the board. We might need that when it comes to NIL offerings in college football. NIL, good. Players getting paid, good. When it starts getting to $13 million, it opens up a world of dangerous possibilities. Bad. That's the worst thing about college football right now. 888-760-3776. 3776 That is the worst thing to me in college football right now. What do you say? 888 Three seven seven six. Stone, I mean you live it I, I live in this world as a division one play by play voice for FAU, but you have lived it as a player. You are still living it from a media perspective. You are into recruiting. You love that whole thing. But what strikes you as the worst thing in college football?
2: Yeah, I think because I'm so deep into recruiting and I follow all of it, I think fans on Twitter sharing their opinion on these children per se, that's the thing that gets me going the most, right? When I have a guy on Twitter with X amount of followers and he does X amount for the program, and he's talking about what a kid should do, how he should do it, how he should act, what he should say, that really grinds my gears. I I think that everybody who has an opinion on these kids and what they should do would do the exact same thing that these kids are doing right now. And if they're parenting a four-star quarterback, they would tell their kid to do the same thing, right? We're in the day and age where – Go chase the money, right? Make sure you get your bag and, and you're insured in and, and the process. So I think for me it's the fans on Twitter being so outspoken about these kids and what they should
1: do that are still high schoolers, essentially. It is remarkable weirdo behavior. It is. When grown adults trash high schoolers on Twitter for their college decisions or them wavering and being unsure about what they want to do, the, the behavior – of grown adults on social media especially. It's just the weirdest of weirdo behavior. It is such a sick part of college football. Oh, this kid doesn't want to come to Arkansas? Bleep him and his family. Brother, you're forty five years old and can barely pay your mortgage. Shut up.
2: One hundred percent. And let's just take this Koromani McLean saga into consideration, right? This he, is he the- was
1: he's is he still committed to Miami? Like what's no. the deal? He didn't sign.
2: <laughs> so he hasn't signed anything, right? He's kinda going on this parade right now on schools that he should go to, right? He just recently took a visit to Colorado. But this is the five star number one recruit in the class of two thousand twenty two or three. I'm not sure where we're standing 22. right now. Twenty two. Twenty two, yeah, twenty three is the seniors now. Yeah. So He's kind of shopping himself around, right, looking for the best NIL deals. But here's what really got me going. So on three, uh, a new and upcoming recruiting site, right, now it's competing with rivals, it's competing with 24-7 sports. After Cormani didn't sign the NIL, and immediately after he took the visit to Colorado and Deion Sanders, they bumped him down from a five-star to a four-star. Right? There was nothing on the field that this kid did for him to lose a star, but the recruiting website said, okay, you've given us a tough time. Now it's time to knock you down a little bit. And, and this is a kid we're talking about. So for you to take his fifth star away for essentially shopping himself around in this new Wild Wild West NIL era, it's crazy to me. Like, what are you doing? Like, it, it's – that's that's the thing
1: that, that I really am not okay with. Uh, I just – such such weird – like, there are even former Canes players that are ripping Kermani McClain. And I – I cannot believe that those guys who are in that situation are, are going to go after this dude. It's just so, it's so frustrating to me. It is so frustrating to me. But another part of college football that drives me crazy is this militaristic style of coaching. Mm. And I direct you to someone who's traditionally been one of the bigger coaching clowns in all of college football. A number of years ago, I called him the most annoying Twitter follow in college football when he was an assistant at Florida State. He's Tim Brewster. Former Minnesota head coach. He's got deep Florida ties. Was at Florida State under Jimbo. He is now the tight ends coach for Deion Sanders at Colorado. I want you to listen to this abject nonsense team meeting that Tim Brewster held. Where it basically, he thinks he's a military general. Like Tim Brewster thinks he's a military gen- general. And this is just clown stuff right here. Listen to this nonsense as he addressed the team this is Colorado tight ends coach under Deion Sanders, Tim Brewster.
0: When I say stand tall, gang, okay, I want you bouncing out of your seat and stand tall. When I say stand tall, get your ass up. Stand tall. <laughs> Set your ass back down. Stand tall. We coming. We come. Raise the gang roof. Raise the roof. We coming. We coming. We coming! We coming! Did them Colorado busses show up, and 60 minutes of hell coming with it. <laughs> 60 minutes of hell coming with it! The time is now, man!
2: The time is now!
1: Sit down. That's a real thing that happened. That's a real thing from a real person. That was not a Saturday Night Live script. I cannot tell you how hard I'd be laughing in that man's face if he was telling me to 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 stand up, get my ass up, jump, raise the roof. Like, who is this guy? Can I? How does that? How is that
2: (laughs) winning culture right there? Can I lost my job over being the kid who laughed at stuff like that? Really? At Southern Illinois?
1: One hundred percent. Like I was never. The one who you I thought ca- you meant here because I make you guys do calisthenics <laughs> on demand before the show. Get your push ups in Get your push ups in, jump to the sky, raise the roof.
2: I, I never fell for this style of coaching and it hindered me getting on the field. That is because, no joke. That's w- not coaching. No. That's
1: not coaching. Simon says, playing Simon says with your 18, 19, 20 year old players, that's not <laughs> coaching. That's just you having an ego trip. That's what Tim Brewster is doing there. That's old school nonsense that doesn't work. Ken, win a little bit like this, right? Stand the hell up. And I would be slow to stand
2: up and I'd have a smirk on my face. And then Tim would put me in his crosshairs and say, What are you smirking at, boy? And I would, you know, then stand up strong, right, be a little scared. And then all of a sudden, right, it would go back to the staff meeting. And then I got picked out. I was made an example of. Like, I never fell for this kind of crap. And I don't think any kid in that meeting has fallen for this crap. But it's kind of like a Beyond Scared Straight episode right now. Like, you have to follow suit. And you have to stand up. And you have to try to kiss these coaches' asses until you get on the field.
1: Like, it Ugh. is a wild world we're living but in But, right you know, that, that's Dan's thing, too. Dan loves that little chanty military stuff. He loves that stuff. He loves that Simon Says nonsense. So Tim Brewster's perfect for him. Stand the hell up! That is just bad. That is bad, bad, bad coaching right there. That stuff I can't stand. That's one of the worst things about college football as well. Um, one of the great things about January in South Florida and in Palm Beach County the Treasure Coast is the South Florida Fair at the uh, Palm Beach County Fairgrounds. At the South Florida Fairgrounds in Palm Beach County in West Palm Beach. And it goes through Sunday and the theme is dinosaurs. We have a four-pack of tickets for you right now. We're giving it away with dinosaur trivia here on Ken Levick Live. And so here is the question, okay? Here is the question. This late 80s movie featured characters like Littlefoot, Ducky, and Spike. This late 80s film featured characters named Littlefoot, Ducky, and Spike. What was the name of the movie? First person to get it right wins a four-pack of tickets to the South Florida Fair. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's still in the band, It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Stone, speaking of me crying, when E.T. would turn gray and die every time I see E.T. and I get weepy at the sight. This song, I played it in uh, eighth grade symphonic band. We played a Jurassic Park medley for a concert and I would tear up every time we got to this song too. I would tear up as well uh, in laughter. Uh, laughing at you If that was the case It's a very dramatic Emotional song If you can't get in touch Of your inner emotions Then you're just not a man
2: Yeah I'm acting all big and tough But I, I cry At
1: this one too I'm and a big softy. You, you are a big softy, A big weepy man uh, Brandon As we play Dinosaur Trivia here on Ken Levick Alive. Your chance at a four pack of tickets to the South Florida Fair going through Sunday. SouthFloridaFair.com, SouthFloridaFair.com. Find out information about the weekend and about tickets. Brandon in West Palm. Brandon, the question before we went to break in Dinosaur Trivia, this late 80s movie featured characters like Littlefoot, Ducky, and Spike. What is the name of the film for four South Florida Fair tickets?
0: It is the land before time.
1: Brandon, you are going to the South Florida Fair. Well done. We win a perfect two for two in dinosaur trivia. Hang on, Christian's going to get your information. It is indeed the land before time. Real quick, let me tell you about EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. Been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated, servicing Palm Beach County and the surrounding areas. And guess what? Getting hot again. Getting humid again. Gotta get your AC right. That's EDS Air Conditioning. Conditioning EDSAirConditioning.com EDS is, yes, EDS Air conditioning edsairconditioning.com and again if you can't remember who to call eds is yes it rhymes stone who's on tomorrow is it you and theo it would be me and theo dorsey all right theo and stone have it tomorrow i'll be off to el paso texas number 24 fau yeah baby utsa tonight for stone and christian i'm ken bye bye